Hey there, and welcome back to Dark Blue Nutrition. If you're new here, my name is Katie. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I wanted to give some tips and strategies for RD-to-Bs, for future RDs, or if you're considering becoming a dietitian. I think there are some things that I really wish that I knew, like from a big sister or from someone who knew what I was about to go through. I wish I could just get that advice. So that is the theme of today's topic, is four main things that I wish I knew before becoming a dietitian. And I hope none of these things like scare you away from being a dietitian. That's not the intention of this chat today. But there are definitely a lot of things that I just never ever fathomed having to go through as a dietitian or RD2B. So let's just dive into it today and chat about what I wish I knew. If you're watching on YouTube, you will see that I have a new microphone today. So I'm very excited about doing more like podcast style, coffee chat style talks. So if you have any questions or things that you'd like me to talk about more, whether it's nutrition, mindful eating, questions about becoming an RD, just let me know in the comment section below. And I'd love to chat it out in another like casual coffee style chat. I don't know what it is lately. I've just been needing to focus less on being a perfectionist when it comes to content creating and just more on helping others because that's my whole purpose. But in the past couple months or so, I've been just so overly consumed with like needing to be perfect that I've kind of just hindered myself from doing quality content in general. So anyway, side tangent on how things are going with me. I've just been a little bit neurotic lately and that's just the truth, but I'm excited to try some new styles of content. So let me know what you like. And as always, please, please, please ask questions in the comment section if you're on YouTube or you can always just DM me on Instagram at darkbluenutrition and I will answer you there. I'd love to talk about any of the questions you have and that is what I'm here for. So without further ado, let's get into the four things that I wish I knew before becoming a registered dietitian. The first one is most definitely save, save, save. Now, I wish I had done this so long ago, and I, I think this is advice that I would give to literally anyone. I think that it's so important, and I wish it was more valued in the school systems, in like high school early on, to learn how money actually works. And not just budgeting and stuff like that, which I do think is important. Um, budgeting, without a doubt, has value. But I wish I learned how to invest like I did outside of grad school like years later because that actually helped me like feel excited about saving my money and building my own portfolio and stuff like that. So this is not a finance channel or a finance, you know, coffee chat today. We are simply sticking to the basics here, but I really highly recommend getting into just saving money and finding a way that helps make it exciting for you. If that is investing for you, that's awesome. I use Robinhood. It's not sponsored. Um, definitely check with your own you know, financial advisor for this advice. But I personally use Robinhood now. And then I also use every dollar to kind of manage my budget. I use the free version for that. So 
no extra cost to you, but I just find that it's super easy to use and super easy to kind of categorize. I just find that it's super easy to kind of categorize your spending and to monitor your spending and you know still treat yourself still have a budget for like things that make you happy like for me that is nail polish i mean i didn't get into that until after grad school but nonetheless it's still really important to like save money but also buy what you love but i just wish that as like an early early college student when i was you know working and stuff like that i was doing more saving than i was i i'm ashamed to admit but Honestly, I don't think we're taught early enough. And then by the time we learn in our 30s and whatnot, um, I'm 29, but almost 30. By the time we learn it, it's just, it's not too late, but it's just like, you're like, damn, I wish I would have known that so much sooner because I'd be like a rich biatch right now. Like, <sighs> alas. Anyway, but I think one of the biggest hurdles in the dietetics industry or the dietetics field is the fact that we have to, unfortunately, not only pay for college and if you're going to grad school, pay for grad school, but you also a lot of times, nine times out of 10, have to pay for your internship, which is essentially paying to be someone's um, employee, which I think is honestly ridiculous. That is a topic for a whole different like coffee chat. I honestly think the system is so, so jacked up if you want my honest, humble opinion. But right now it kind of is what it is. And you, you know, not gonna lie, you have to start with a little bit of privilege to be in the dietetics industry. And I think that that's just the elephant in the room that, I don't know, the higher ups in the dietetics field and profession don't want to face. They wonder why we don't have diversity. They wonder why so many people are so, you know, out of their mind when they're in the internships. But it's because that we have to sacrifice not only our time, our educational investment, but we also have to pay money to work for someone. And we're told not to have a job during the internship. So all of that to say that was kind of like a big mess of an explanation, but all of that to say really, really think about saving and investing your money before you start your internship because that's going to set you up so much better. I think if I wasn't worried about money during my internship, I would have been a lot better off. I still would have been stressed, no doubt, because there's other factors that you know, add to your stress load when you're a graduate intern or just a regular intern or whatever program you have. But I think that I would have been a lot better off if I would have known exactly like how daunting it was going to feel to deal with the financial side of it, the financial stress and turmoil that that brought me. And then also the like just normal stressors of being a graduate student and an intern. And why, why I say grad intern for me is because I personally did the graduate slash internship program. So it was a combined program. I went to Eastern Illinois University for my grad program and they have a really good grad program and they also have the opportunity to be a grad assistant, which I think is pretty unique for a lot of you know, internships all over the U.S. I looked into a ton of internships and most of them did not offer grad assistantships, at least not what I saw. So that was a big perk for me. And I was actually able to get 
pre-selected for their program. And that meant that I was a graduate assistant working 20 hours a week um, doing, you know, stuff like teaching and also just helping out the professors. So with that, I got a little stipend every month and I also got my tuition waived, which was a huge weight off my shoulders. But like, even with that, I'm telling you this, like even with that, I was still kind of stressed about money. I mean, I made it work, I did just fine but I would have been a lot less stressed out if I had some extra savings in the bank. So definitely just consider that. I know that's a big long rant about like what to do with your money. And I know that that's kind of a topic that not everyone likes to talk about, but you know, as a 29 year old right now, like I'm getting a lot more passionate about just owning my money and feeling like in control of my financial future. And that's something I definitely wish I had earlier on in the game. So first we started with like some tangible, like boring advice. We're gonna break it up with the second tip being more related to a mindset shift. So I think when I was in school to become a dietitian, I thought like, okay, Katie, you're gonna be so, so badass and confident once you get through this graduate program once you are an intern then I will be confident and like I feel like I teach this to clients and I teach this in my Mindful Muscles Academy uh, course that you can check out in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or the link in the podcast if you're watching this on podcast. But I kept telling myself and giving myself this like false sense of security that everything is gonna be perfect and you're gonna be so, so confident once you finish. And that is another like, logical fallacy that I wish that I had overcome during my internship and kind of self-corrected during my internship. So this is what I mean. Just like in your relationship with food, if you tell yourself, I will love myself when I am skinny, I will love myself when I lose 15 pounds, I will love myself once I start getting back on my exercise routine because then I will be worthy. That is the same kind of logical fallacy I was going through here. I was like, okay, I'm going to be so, so confident afterwards. I am going to be amazing and like the best dietitian on earth after I finish my degree. And then I'll know everything to say to anyone who ever asks me a nutrition question and I'm never going to feel like a lack of confidence. And while I wish that was the case and I wish there was some magical cure to confidence, like that's been one of my lifelong struggles as an RD and just as like a human being on this earth. I think that it's the mindset shift that you have to change and not like the thing happening in your life. So let me like backtrack. It's your mindset that's telling you that you're not enough in the moment, not the accomplishment that's going to change how you feel. And like, of course, the education is amazing. The things that you're going to learn are going to be life-changing in grad school, in your internship, in just getting more experience as a dietitian. Not to say that that like doesn't matter, but I am saying that I think it's one of those things that I wish I would have started working on as a student and not just getting out into the world and being like, oh, shoot, like I still feel like an imposter sometimes, 
in content creation, in my work as a dietitian. And I know that I know a lot of things. I, I am an intelligent person. When I like get to my like non-judgmental self, I'm like, okay, Katie, you have a master's degree. You have certifications. You are a badass. But the thing that's wrong is that you're not believing in yourself. And so that is something that I highly recommend you start working on as a student or even as someone who is just considering being a dietitian. No matter what field you're in, you are never going to feel 100% secure and you are always going to have that like lingering feeling of being an imposter unless you work on your mindset. And even then, you're still going to have some form of a struggle. So that's okay. Let's normalize that. I think we all feel some level of imposter syndrome sometime in our life, but just something to consider and food for thought. All right. Now the third tip slash thing that I wish I knew is another mindset one. And then the fourth tip will be another tangible one for you tangible people out there. I feel like I'm probably going to get a mix of people who are like, shut up, Katie, just get into the tangible advice. I don't care about the confidence stuff. I'm super confident. Well, I know that there's so many people out there probably like me too, who need the confidence and like, you know, motivational speeches, just like I did. I'm an INFJ. I'm sorry. I have the intuitive feeling as my strength so that you're just getting what you're getting with this video. It's okay if you don't like need the touchy feely stuff, but I think honestly, no matter what type of person you are, you probably need a little dose of it no matter how resistant you might feel to it in this moment. And hey, if you need any resources, I have a list of resources for dietitians and RDs to be. They might be a little more relevant for dietitians if you're like me and you're looking to be like a content creator, but I'm going to leave them in the link below and um, you can check them out if you're interested. All right. So the next thing that I wish I knew before becoming a dietitian is just kind of like more of a general thing as well. I wish that I knew and like had learned and discovered ways to have like better coping mechanisms as a student. Again, yes, we are going there. We're getting a little bit like touchy feely here, but I think it's important. I think coping mechanisms, A, are important for literally anybody. This is kind of like a life hacks, life tips kind of, it's, it's turning into that, but that's okay. But I think that learning how to have better coping skills is just going to be good for you in life. And especially if you're someone who is just like a high achieving person, like someone who's going for their dietetic internship, or you're going for an advanced degree or even just an undergrad degree. My undergrad degree was pretty brutal and like the best way possible. I love my undergrad. I'm super proud Font Bon graduate as my undergrad. They are amazing, but I definitely didn't like have like an easy time. I studied all the time and really, really worked hard, but it definitely helped me be the dietitian I am today. So I'm very, very thankful for that. But let's get into it a little bit deeper. So when you look around the room as a dietitian or a dietitian to be at rather, you might notice that you and your students or classmates have a couple things in common, or at least most dietetic students have this in common. And that is 
you're all probably type A, at least to some degree. Now, there are exceptions. Of course, I have a few friends in, you know, both undergrad and grad school that were not type A at all. And that's okay, too. But you'll notice a lot of people are. And a lot of people are perfectionists. Don't ask me why this is the case. I feel like it's probably the nature of the job or the profession where health and nutrition kind of takes a little bit of foresight. Not everyone out there cares enough about their future health to be really, you know, obsessed with nutrition. But if you are someone who has that like foresight and care and concern about your health, I feel like some part of you is a little more type A because you want to try to like, I don't know, control what you can, I guess. I guess just call us like the controlling type. I'm making it sound so terrible, but I I do think that there is something to be said about the type of person that becomes a dietitian. And typically those people are more type A and perfectionistic with perfectionistic tendencies. Now this can be positive thing in some regards. I mean, you have a lot of amazing people surrounding you. You have hardworking people. I mean, my favorite people are the people who are extremely hardworking. I just, I admire that. And I think it's something that I admire in myself as well. So of course, you know, you kind of admire the traits that you prefer in yourself in others. But This can also lead to a lot of comparison and then it leaves the bar really, really, really high for what you expect of yourself. So it can increase our expectations of ourselves and make them almost like just completely unrealistic or just, you know, even if they aren't like super unrealistic, it's just being in comparison mode all the time is just really, really tough on a person. I mean, take Instagram, for example, that's I mean, I guess you can have that comparison loop on YouTube too or any social platform, but I feel like Instagram is definitely the worst with it being like the highlights of someone's life. I feel like YouTube, you can be a little more transparent and just open and honest. That's one of the reasons I love YouTube, but comparison is the thief of joy. That is the quote that I have no idea where it's from, but I hear it all the time and it's so, so true. So in knowing this, this isn't just to bash dietetic students. I love all of you out there. This is just to say, take care of yourself. Take care of your peers. Don't make it a competition all the time. If you're studying, study with your peers and like, you know, do some flashcards with them and like, don't make it a big game of comparison. Now, I feel like I was pretty lucky. I mean, I met tons and tons of like literally the best people on earth, both during undergrad and grad school. So I don't feel like we had any like direct competitiveness, um, maybe from time to time. But I really do think that even if it's not direct competitiveness, there can be this underlying layer of like, I have to get an A just like so-and-so, or I have to get a higher grade than so-and-so, even if they're your friend. So just be mindful of that. Be kind to yourself. And if you start to feel the comparison with some of your friends, even like just be transparent, be human and be real with them. And I think sometimes just talking it out with the people that you care about and your peers is actually pretty helpful. So like study hard, definitely not like recommending to not try your best. But don't make it a competition and just 
be as open about these like feelings that can come out about comparison with your peers and enjoy the time that you have in school because I promise there are better things to think about and worry about than the perfect grade or getting your GPA as top notch as possible care about it just don't obsess over it to the point where you're just like ruining your mental health over it so last thing that i wish i knew before going to school to become an rd is to do everything that you can to stand out in your application because as as some of you may know and if if you're watching this video you may actually not know there is a 50 percent match rate when it comes to applying for dietetic internships so that is after you do your undergrad and for some of you you may have to do undergrad and grad school and then an internship but there is a 50 percent match rate at least as of the statistics now and when i was in school a couple of years ago so this doesn't mean overwork yourself as we said in the last tip but it does mean that it's really really important for you to stand out because a 50 50 chance of matching means that you kind of have to be like <laughs> you know a little bit unique in your application so that the people who read your applications are looking at you and being like wow we have to have them in our internship now hopefully in the future this is less of a problem and they have more people that can be preceptors for dietetic students and interns so we can have more dietitians out there without so many barriers and issues with the whole dietetics profession as a whole. Because again, there's a lot of issues, I think, in the process and that limits a lot of people who actually can become a dietitian. But for this tip in general, I think that what I wish I knew beforehand, and I actually did, I feel like, you know, I'll give myself a little bit of credit here. I did have a lot of foresight in this and like did a lot of research ahead of time. So I did have some experiences that I was able to use in my internship application that I feel like helped me stand out. And I'll, I'll share a bit about what those look like. So I started working outside of high school. So like once I graduated high school, I worked at a Quiznos. So, you know, fun fact, I don't know how many Quiznos are still out there, but it, it was a okay first job. Mostly my coworkers were like the, the joy of that first job. But I was a just a regular employee at Quiznos. And then I actually worked my way up to be assistant manager and then a manager. And I did that for a year. I would say I, I worked there for five or four years total, I believe. And then one year was an assistant manager. And one of those years was a manager. So I was able to put that on my application and use that because, you know, part of dietetics is you've got your community, your food service, and then you also have clinical. So I was able to use that experience as a food service manager to show that I knew kind of like what it was like to order food and to do certain things like, you know, the serve safe exam. I already had taken that when I was a manager. So those are things that you may come across in the food service field as a dietitian or at least in your internship, mostly. <laughs> I can't say I've used much food service like outside of that, but you do a pretty significant rotation in food service when you are, you know, in your internship. So I would say that that was like a, a pretty big deal to have that experience. 
I'm not going to say that I was like the best food service manager in the world. I mean, like I was probably way too young to be a good food service manager, but hey, nonetheless, it is what it is. I, I had a decent time doing that. I also worked after um, I quit Quiznos. I also worked as a just in a health food store, a local health food store. And we talked a lot about, you know, we had a lot of supplements there. So we did a lot of education on supplements and different things like that, which was really fun and insightful. And so that I felt like was pretty applicable to becoming a dietitian as well. And then during that as well, I also did some volunteer work. And I know this sounds like a lot, but it actually was over like a, a decent amount of time. So I always had a job during my, uh, up until the point where I became a graduate assistant. So I was working at Quiznos, then I, I quit Quiznos and worked at a health food store. And then I quit my job at the health food store to move to um, the place where my grad assistantship was. And then there I was a grad assistant. So I always had a job and it was always somewhat related to what I wanted to do you know, just in terms of like food or nutrition or some way, shape or form, it was related. But I did sprinkle in some volunteer work. And I, I'll be honest, like I didn't do a ton of volunteer work, but I did do a handful of things that I felt like were super applicable to what I enjoyed doing. I did a little bit of twigs for kids and that I think that's like a kind of like a small organization in my area but essentially that was distributing and packing up and giving lunches to kids who were usually on the food assistance program at school so that was during the summer so when they didn't have meals during school like they normally would we would package them and give them food during the summer and that was kind of that volunteer gig. It was it was a really easy volunteer gig and it felt really rewarding. And that is something I'm sure there are other names for it in your local area. But if you have any areas that are kind of have underprivileged populations or in anything like that, then most likely you're probably going to find that there is something that you can, you know, apply to volunteer at like a food bank or anything along those lines. WIC may also have um, some room for volunteer work, but those are just a couple examples of serving underprivileged populations, and that super, super duper applies to becoming a dietitian. Another volunteer gig that I did, this one was a little more hands-on, and I would say probably took a lot more time, but this one was Girls on the Run, and I know that they have Girls on the Run all over the U.S., at least as far as I know. And in this one, we prepared for a 5K with a bunch of third and fourth graders who were so freaking adorable. I cannot emphasize enough how fun and rewarding that experience was. And then I did a couple lessons on nutrition with the fourth graders. And I also did a lesson on like body image where we talked about how marketing and different like ads and magazines can influence and impact body image. So they were so, I was like really amazed at how like wicked sharp these fourth graders were. And it was a really, really highly valuable experience for me. I think my official title was like assistant coach. I wasn't a coach coach because that requires even more of a time commitment that I really didn't have as a student. 
But as an assistant coach, you have a lot less of a time commitment and you can still do some really valuable things. So I highly recommend Girls on the Run or anything like it where you're just having that experience where you can, you know, educate younger folks and, you know, uh, I just, I really loved that experience. I would love to do that again someday in the future. But those are just a couple examples. And honestly, I think that was most of what my volunteer work looked like. And I just, you know, tried to emphasize all the things that I had worked for while I was in school. You may have a limited amount. I know most people think that like you have to work in a hospital. And I've had a lot of comments on my old videos about dietetics and stuff like that. Like, well, I can't get a job in, you know, a clinical setting. Am I going to not stand out during my application? Is that going to be a ding against me? And the truth is, it kind of depends. If you're applying to a program that is a clinical-focused program and they really, really want you to have that clinical experience, like, no doubt that's going to impact their, you know, view of your application. I applied to um, mostly community-based programs because that was my main interest. I always felt like I wanted to do like nutrition coaching and education and not like the traditional stuff. <laughs> I mean, I always wanted to be a dietitian entrepreneur. So I did not like apply to the clinical focused ones. I do think that they probably want you to have a clinical background. You can work in food service. I, during my internship, um, before I got a job as a dietitian, when I was applying for the exam, I did work in the kitchen for a little bit as, um, I, I can't remember what you would call it, but like, like an associate. Um, so just working in the kitchen, like doing, you know, normal kitchen stuff. And that is a job that you can definitely get beforehand. If you have a hospital that's around you, um, it's, you know, it may not be the most fun thing on earth, but it's a way to kind of get used to the clinical system and the hospital system without actually being like, you know, a doctor or nurse or anything like that. So that is another recommendation. If you are someone who is applying to a clinical program, you can try doing a food service role in the hospital that you live nearby if you have that available to you. So that is kind of my advice for this video of things that I wish I knew before becoming a dietetic student. I hope that some of these helped you and I hope that you have the best experience possible when you are an undergrad in your internship and studying for your RD exam. I know it's so stressful and, you know, at least it was for me. I was a stress ball the whole time. That's kind of like my personality type, though I'm a little bit like neurotic a lot of times, but it's a stressful process, I think, and especially for us perfectionists, but I promise you will get through it. If you want to become an RD, you will become an RD. You can manifest that, manifest that energy and know that you can do it. And let me know if you have any questions in the comments below. I will try to do some follow-up videos so we can talk more about this topic because I think that, I think there just needs to be more people talking about the kind of mental preparation that is, is helpful going into a dietetics program. So anyway, I hope you learned a thing or two. Say hi in the comment section below and ask any questions and I will leave a link to a video that, you know, has to do with dietetics in the end of this video. So make sure to watch that as well. All right. Bye guys.